Hello and welcome to today's episode of Dr. Simone's Mindspace. Today I'm very pleased to be talking to Natalia, a very good friend of mine and also member of Insurson, the female empowerment movement I launched. And what we are going to talk about today is um, to share the information related to the current um, war that is happening in Ukraine. And um, yeah, I'll let Natalia introduce herself. And um, thank you, first of all, for, for being here on a Sunday afternoon talking to me and obviously to the audience. Thank you very much, dear Simona, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to talk today to you about this topics and subjects which are moving the people and women all around the world, and especially in Europe right now. And um, yeah, we'll be happy to bring in maybe a little bit more clarity into the situation related to the uh, radiological situation and nuclear warfare as this is a part of the fears right now. And to give a bit of my background, so I myself am, um, am an engineer working in the nuclear industry for more than a decade uh, related in various international activities, also a member of board of the Swiss Nuclear Society and of the European Nuclear Society. Thank you very much for introducing yourself. So I think what is very, very interesting is for all of us to know is what your knowledge is related to, obviously, what would happen in a worst case and in the best case scenario related to radio activity. Yeah, I mean, nowadays I hear there is a lot of um, news and talk about, first of all, the radiological situation in Ukraine itself as the Russian army is taking over um, such areas like Chernobyl or nuclear power plants of which there are 15 units in Ukraine. And uh, so the fear is of course, what can happen there and um, what are the risks for us in Switzerland? And so of course, I know that the word Chernobyl is associated with the radiological terror and horror and fears um, but to relate a bit to the situation today, well, of course the site is um, already destroyed and all the radioactive material is under the sarcophagus. Um, also, the, radio, the, the radioactivity levels in the exclusion zone of Chernobyl itself are lower than such based on natural radioactivity in the Alps. So um, from that perspective, it is not that there is some very much access, some readily accessible uh, radiological inventory which can be used for anything. It is really inaccessible, and I don't think that the site itself um, represents any danger. Now, of course, uh, there is also a storage, just a regular storage, like on every site, for some nuclear material which um, can be if desired, taken, although it cannot be taken so easily, it would need a really a very significant special operation to extract it and bring it to Russia and use it just like their own fuel from, from the power plants, which they have enough themselves. So I see really there is no benefit for Russia at this moment to take anything and transport it to Russia as they have enough material themselves. Now for the operational power plants, 
which there are left in Ukraine as well. Of course, there are procedures and protocols what to do in case of war. And normally all the reactors should be put to the safe shutdown mode. That means that uh, the chain reaction in them is stopped. Um, now, the also a lot of uh, those, those power plants themselves are and have means to be protected against airplane crashes. Um, also missile attacks and so on and so forth. So it, it really is a multi-multi-barrier system which is protecting the nuclear inventory from the outside world. And also what, uh, what was done luckily in Ukraine thanks to the financing of EU is such called filtered containment venting systems were installed mm -hmm. on their sites. So that means that if there will be any pressure buildup, like uh, similar to Fukushima scenario, this can um, this will be filtered before it will go outside to the to the environment. Uh, by the way, also to mention that we have those systems, of course, in Switzerland as well. So uh, this is the state of the art, and they have it, which means that um, the only thing which would be left would be some really extremely dedicated, systematic, um, and long term. Um, mechanical destruction of, of the structures by the Russian army, but which would also mean in such situation that they would um, also, of course, radiologically expose their people to an enormous, uh, enormous amount of radioactivity. And I guess that's really not, not uh, a scenario that is of any interest for neither side. No, no, it would be, I mean, also with that, um, it would be, Russia itself would be at risk because, of course, if they will manage to destroy the nuclear power plants to such an extent, as to such an extent that nuclear inventory or, or some radiological substances will get out, of course, there is a risk that uh, also this will go to Russia and to Russian territory and they will contaminate their people, their military equipment, and then eventually also their own land. And um, also, at least based on the Russian military statements right now, they, they don't want to um, destroy the country, so to say. They want to, at least they claim, maintain the infrastructure. So with this, they would really hinder any, anything uh, also for themselves if they want to stay actually in Ukraine and, and uh, run Ukraine as a part right. of Russia in future. So the, that's kind of a very good and broad overview of, of what is actually going on. So um, what if what if anything happens related to a, like a mistake by any attack? Um, you mean a mistake like accidentally uh, shooting missiles at nuclear power plants? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, of course, this can this can happen. And as we know, some there was some incident in a training facility near the nuclear power plant of Zaporozhye. So this is, went around the news. This was just an auxiliary building uh, to mention. There was zero release of radioactivity as it was just a normal, normal building. Um, of course, if missiles would hit uh, the nuclear power plant itself, uh, which is, of course, also not a big footprint, but let's imagine it should have physical barriers to protect the very core, the reactor, from any explosions around it and, um, and also missile attacks. So this is, 
this is the good the good thing about the nuclear power plants is of course because everyone is so concerned there is many many layers of protection built into those plants for even the very the very worst case scenarios and um, I think where where I'm personally more concerned about is of course if such attacks will happen to other toxic waste facilities which have way less protection barriers for example waste facilities which have dioxine in them uh, which is also extremely extremely poisonous. Um, um, substance and and uh, I don't know much about how they are protected. So for for creating some more insight and knowledge related to um, radioactivity and nuclear power plants, do do you have some insights you can share with with the audience so that they will have a better understanding of the actual potential danger or, or maybe not so much danger as, as I understood from how you described it. Yeah, I mean, to, to say, of course, that uh, when we talk about nuclear um, accidents, we, we always think about Chernobyl and Fukushima. And so, just to mention that uh, this uh, reactor types which there was in Chernobyl they do not operate in Ukraine anymore they all shut down this was a very special reactor technology and um, also this why it led to such such an explosion which happened there so the um, all the units which run in Ukraine nowadays is, is another reactor type so something some Chernobyl scenario with with like an explosion of the core itself because of overreactivity inside of it is not possible really and um, so in any case I don't think that there can be such an exposure of uh, the environment to radioactivity even in the worst case so meaning that there would be some cloud which would carry isotopes to Switzerland and uh, be a risk for us here um, of course, every nuclear accident or incident is, is, can be recorded all over the world and traced because our measurement devices are extremely sensitive. But again, before one has to understand the relation of, of radioactivity when one is talking in, for example, millisieverts or gray or Röntgen or other measurement units, people who don't deal with this topic don't have a feeling for it. So any number may seem or may sound worrying and dangerous but um, it is like uh, when when one understands this this is like talking about room temperature where one says well in an office space there should be temperature between 22 and 25 degrees celsius and then one hears in the news that uh, there was a room measured with 25.1 degrees celsius and now everyone is evacuated from it and we don't know when the temperature will lower back to 25 and below so of course this would be ridiculous um, but also then if we would hear the news that there was 100 degrees Celsius in the room, then we would know, wow, now this is really dangerous. And so to get this feeling right. for, for those values is maybe, I think, one of the biggest difficulties for the public when, when we talk about these topics to really understand the numbers and get the feel for now, is this number really a danger? Should I do something or is it nothing to be concerned about? That's very important that you raise right now. So I think the, the knowledge that you can share is, is really crucial because it then reduces the, the sense of worry related to this unknown topic that we cannot feel, smell, taste, see. 
Yes, this is uh, definitely a big thing. And, and there I can only recommend to get, if one is concerned about such a situation, uh, the only way to get the sense for it, as you say, for something what we cannot smell, see, taste or feel anyhow, is to have really a Geiger counter. Now, the question is how to use them, because again, they will be showing values and we are surrounded by radioactivity permanently, even we ourselves emit some very low radioactivity as, as living organisms. Um, so how to deal with that, how to get used to the fact that uh, there is radioactivity all the time and to see, well, now to recognize such a change that one can say, yes, this is maybe now a risk for, uh, for oneself. Um, for, for such reasons, I, I, I have um, recommended to my friends uh, some devices which just give an alarm. They are preset. Uh, this is a little keychain, for example, and, and uh, you can carry it around with you and it will only give an alarm when um, you exceed radiation levels, which are starting to be concerning. So you don't have to worry about actual values. Um, of course, also what, what happened with my, my friends who take, took them all over the world, that they started ringing, for example, on their flights, because of course, uh, when you fly, you are exposed to quite some radiation, which, for example, a flight Very from Zurich to London is like an x-ray of your teeth, or a flight to New York from Zurich is like an x-ray of your chest. And so their detectors uh -huh. went off. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, or when, the, or when they go to the Alps, for example, as well, they, they would just continuously um, ring alarm because we have very rather high radioactivity levels in some areas of the Alps, just by nature. I remember you mentioned that it wasn't it in Samedan in Engadin that you measured quite high levels? Yes, Samidan is one of the areas which are known to be extremely radioactive. Um, so, for example, even the drinking water in Samidan is not local. They have to get it from other places because it would be too radioactive to be drank by people. Oh, really? Um, but also, yes, indeed. So I recommend anyone who hears this now and who has um, any any apartments or houses and especially basements um, in the Alps, in Graubünden, in Jura very much so um, to get their radon level checked. Um, Interesting. So when, when we now look at the sort of the media discourse that is going on, is there anything you would say could be helpful for for sort of providing more insights that we get a better understanding from your expertise? Yeah, probably it goes really to the, to the values of uh, radioactivity and understanding the isotopes and so on and so forth. So of course, uh, even those radioactive particles, they cannot just simply travel what, uh, how they even managed to travel as they were stuck to ashes from fire and were brought up to the sky in, in the in the Chernobyl situation and this is how they, they traveled. But even then, um, even then, even concerning Chernobyl, uh, the values which went up in Switzerland are not really in any form significant, even in this absolute worst case scenario. Not That's significant very at all compared to our natural. Yeah. Yeah, it is the, still because the natural radiation. I remember. It's like when we look. 
yeah, please go ahead. No, I was just, I just remember that my parents told, told me that um, they did everything you were not supposed to do. They were like, in the in the garden and i was playing in the sandbox when chernobyl had happened so they were kind of concerned about that memory of, of chernobyl um right so yeah this is of course what goes around this is the classic case of 25.1 degrees sorry i think we have maybe a bad connection um yeah, I was just saying that this is this classic case of 25.1 degrees in the room. When we go to the official page of the Bundesamt für Gesundheit, the public health authority of Switzerland, they have a cake diagram or a pie diagram, which shows the exposure to radiation. And on that, you will see that the two thirds of the daily life radiation for people in Switzerland comes from the natural radiation. Uh, sources from from the ground and uh, like a quarter comes from the quarter to to almost the whole other third is coming from um, medical operations or medical uh, examinations which involve uh, isotopes and then only a fraction of a percent of the radiation comes from uh, Chernobyl but this is also based on calculations not even detectable anymore so just to give a relation, like the, the, the levels to reach even the same, what we experience just from the nature here in Switzerland would mean that we would, Chernobyl would need to be like hundreds times stronger to, to really be a significant um, statistic value to add to our normal daily life radiation. And then you fly once to New York and then anyways, you got it. interesting and I think people don't really know about that part um, as much yeah this is because the the perception is different and even the law perception is very different of natural and artificial radiation let's call it like this so even the Swiss law um, roughly says well if, if you experience artificial radiation then the threshold to react is 10 times lower than the one for natural radiation Although the mechanisms, the damage mechanisms are exactly the same, there is no difference just because it's natural, it's not better. And, um, and actually, um, well, it's not really calming now, but, but I want to mention this fact also for people to know that every year in Switzerland, also this is the official number of uh, the public health authority, every year in Switzerland around 300 people die from radiation and this is all natural radiation. I have no, that's very interesting to hear as well. But but the fact that this, uh, the water in Samedan wasn't from Samedan, I didn't know either. Yeah, this is, this is because of that. So, well, I mean, on the one hand side, now I'm maybe worrying people about this radiation levels, but it's, it's you know, one should know that and, and, you know, protect themselves and the family indeed from this. So I see still in Switzerland, uh, looking at all the situation and even with all the potential risks, whatever may happen in Ukraine, even if they blow up all the nuclear power plants with the worst case scenarios, still I would recommend people in the first line to focus on natural radiation when living in Switzerland and, um, and being more sensitive to that topic than, than to the artificial one, then, because even in the worst of the worst cases, still 
the natural radioactivity will cause by far more cancer cases and deaths in Switzerland uh, than, than the artificial one. So interesting and so important because it puts really, really what, what is necessary with a topic that is so, so um, sensitive and so sort of uh, over, over-represented in the negative side. Yeah, it is, it is kind of strange to me a little bit that the elephant in the room is not recognized, that we keep on talking and, and scaring people about values which are hardly measurable, at least at the moment, and nobody even mentions this giant elephant in the room of natural radioactivity and people dying every year from it. Uh, and everyone is pretending this doesn't exist, while the fear on the other side is being so overwhelmingly created. So I think the truth is actually somewhere in the middle um, between the, the values and all this threshold. So one should be a little more sensitive to the natural uh, radiation and a little less sensitive to the artificial radiation to meet somewhere in the middle and have a common value where, where you just should be alert if there is any radiation, no matter if natural or artificial. Right. So for, for sort of closing together, concluding, what would you sort of say are you're less afraid and worried about this whole um, discourse that is going on currently um, due to the ongoing um, war in Ukraine? Yeah, well, in, in regards to the radi radiological situation there is mentioned, I would recommend anyone who is worried about it um, get themselves a, a Geiger uh, meter. Uh, if anyone has questions from, from the listeners and wants a recommendation for any device, I, I can, of course, provide some and make themselves acquainted with, uh, with this measuring system. What do the values mean and how to read this to be in control of the situation? Because then they will learn instantly if they are in some area or, or, in, or something happened, what they should be concerned about. But of course, I, I hope first and foremost that it will be just not necessary to worry about this issue at all, because uh, still the people understand that if you play with such things, if you destroy a nuclear power plant, this is really serious, serious violation of probably all acts which we have for, for the humankind. And... Um, yeah, I just, I'm just left with the hope that the common sense will win over any ambitions related to such a, such a topic. This is very important to hear. Yes, this is what we, what we can hope. So for the listeners, you will you will be welcome. To, you will welcome emails if they have questions related to the topic and could share further information um, if if needed, or maybe share uh, resources where they can find information that they that they want to. Is there any website that you could refer to for people to look at? 
Um, that's a good question. I think uh, actually, well, they, they can look just at the Bundesamt für Gesundheit and the uh, National Health Authority of Switzerland or Germany or the national um, health uh, administrations. There they will find, I am sure, useful information about the radiological situation um, in the country, in the place and in the home with some interesting data and values. Uh, usually I find them quite helpful. And yes, other than that, um, probably it, it, it is perfectly fine if uh, they can write some comments to, to this video or send you an email if they have more specific questions and I will be happy to answer them. That sounds great. And I think the more we inform the public, the better, um, because I think knowledge is usually what, what helps people to feel less afraid. Yes, this is uh, already the you know what Marie Curie said. Uh, she says that uh, we shouldn't be afraid of of the things we should know them, and this is the key here, is the key to to be able to reduce the fear or, or even if there is something to be afraid of, to to be very specific about it and understand it, is really to to have the mm -hmm. knowledge about it. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, thank you so much. This has really been very, very valuable. Um, so to be continued, I guess, if we get in some specific questions, we can maybe do another uh, podcast session related to that. And um, if not, we certainly will come up with other topics that we can talk about. Thank you so Absolutely. much for taking your time to do this. Thank you very All much right. for having me here. Have a wonderful I hope. Sunday. You as well, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.